Blog Talk Radio. Hey everybody, it's Francisco de Mayo in Boston, Massachusetts. And Sometimes you meet somebody a little blow your mind. Who's it? And everybody yeah. on board. Hey today. Sometimes you don't know what to do. About to Like any great dream, 
it's all starting to materialize. Right, right. With all the hard work and, 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 and you know, humbleness and, and you know, the, the love for well, the I, was, I, I, don't, I don't have any room for humble. You don't have the room for humble. What, this, about, what about I humble? This, you got, I, no, I know what you're saying. I'm humbled by the idea that this has been a dream of mine for 40 years and all of a sudden it's happening. Know, and so the other day, we have to give a shout out to the Sugar Bowl. I know. Right? Yeah, yeah, we were sugar shacking at the Sugar Bowl, man. Yeah, they're cool people over there, man. They let us do what we want in the back. You sit, like, in these big throne velvet seats. And, uh, yeah, it's a cool little spot to create. And, you know, it's like a little lab for us and all the cool uh, memorabilia. I think yeah, it was we, like we, a we, shop years we, ago. We feel right? reluctant to give out the location because we want to make sure we can get in there and do our thing. But it's located on Dorchester Ave, right at the corner of Columbia Road, just about a block down. And uh, Mr. Baker... Famous family from Dorchester, they own it. Mr. Baker does, and uh, great human yeah, being. Cool and so, yeah, yeah. We guy. sat in there, and I we got to commend him on his uh, his uh, staffing. His staffing is spectacular. Yeah, the service is great. They're so friendly. I know. Yeah, they're cool people in there. Yeah. Yeah, well, you must be. A, you don't. You don't want to hear your significant other hear you. But I'll talk about those beautiful Polish girls. <laughs> oh yeah, of course, man. It is, you know, you got beauty, you got beauty. Yeah, that's it. And uh, so anyway, we go in, and uh, we had an idea what we want to do, but we had to get the outline done for this beautiful play that we're going to do. By the way, the course, all the serendipity involved. We already have the opening song, which is "Back to the Sugar Shack." Mm, yeah. How does how does the title of a song come up? Exactly the title that you put out there for the play itself. Isn't and that within crazy? a month, and, and, or two, and, and, yeah. Yeah. Nelson, so, Curry, I mean, Nelson Curry wrote that song, performs it. He's from like what? He's from down south, um, North Carolina. North Carolina. Yeah, what's yeah, the Nelson name of the Curry. band? The, the uh, Black, Black something Brother Band. Oh yeah, yeah something um, Brother Band. Yeah, anyway, yeah, they're great though, man. Great, great, great song. Yeah, I can. I mean, I can hear that playing on in the in the theater when we get this play up. Yeah, so we sat down, right? We sat down and we outlined the entire play. Yeah, we did. And uh, we just got to fill in it a little bit. Did you come up with a good book that I or a template or something we need to? Uh, to write this thing out? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, ha- I have this all here in uh, my stockpile that I've been working okay. on for the last year. But, yeah, we're definitely um, we're, de- we're definitely moving forward with that. And um, it's it's going to uh, bring a lot of smiles on people's faces, I'm telling you. This is a, a really Memories, great story. Memories, I mean, some of the scenes. History, well, some of the scenes, the folks, elements. that we, uh, one of the pivotal Amazing scenes. This is going to be a very funny. It's a heart-touching story. It's about Rudy. You see, he's not here. Maybe this is a reason we can talk about this before he gets here so he doesn't get embarrassed. But the opening scene, if you can imagine uh, way back in the day, the great ad that Boston became famous is, is that Wednesday, everybody knows in Boston, if you grew up in the 50s and 60s and 70s, Wednesday was what day? Prince Spaghetti Day. 
Fritz Spaghetti Day. Anthony. So we're gonna we're gonna open up with that commercial, that ad, the little kid running through the streets of the North End, and then three little kids are gonna run across the stage. It's gonna be Rudy Sticker and his brother Sticker, and of course Jerry, his partner, because that's one of the beautiful parts about this story is these three kids were together their whole lives. Yeah, great and here friend, he Jerry Mateo, yep. Let's let's see let's see if he's here, Rudy. Rudy! Um, I, woke, I woke up a little late. I'm here. What are you doing? Pulling all nighters on us, for Christ's sake. You pulling all nighters, Rudy? <laughs> we got another day. We got yeah. another day. Are you are you pulling all nighters or what? Come on, man. <laughs> I, I didn't hear you. What'd you say? He asked you if you're pulling you pull, all you pull, nighters. You up all night? The football raid. No, no, we're asking if you stayed <laughs> up all night. Were you partying? Are you pulling all-nighters? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I get it. Wow. <laughs> I'm still a little hey, listen. I can tell. you were fo- I think I woke you up with my phone call. Hey, listen, It's what? let's get a little music in here. I don't know how much, but we got to honor this day. Here we go. Let's. I hope I got the right shot. Try to probably work with some of the wine and liquor sponsors that I know through uh, inside source that I've been working with. I have some wine sponsors and liquor sponsors here yeah, in Cambridge, Boston. Some people I know that might be interested. So we're moving forward for sure with that, for sure. Okay, my friends. Uh, let's uh, play some start. music. 
Who's the star? Yeah, we'll get some music, but, to, but to Rudy, I mean, really, we, uh, you know, it was kind of a puzzle. We knew we wanted to do a play, but we have to let everybody know that what happened here was the material came from all of these podcasts. Exactly. Oh. Yeah, that's true. The more you keep talking, the more you find out uh, the Sugar Shack history. Not Rudy. Yeah, Rudy. Oh, got all those great, great stories about playing chess with uh, Ray Charles and Stevie Wonder wanting coconuts and, uh, you know, of course, we're going to, you know, in the OJs George Stickers. George Clinton. George Clinton oh, showing up and like, where, 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 what happened to those guys? They, you gave me this picture with Chuck Peters. You showed up with a diaper on. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah. But I'll tell you one thing. you got to sell the music. Really? The whole thing is going to be music. All those hit music. songs. All those That's hit right. Songs. We're bringing in a band. We're bringing in a band yep. to play them. I'm saying all those hit songs will be a winner. That's yes, right, sir. and we're going to get impersonators to play the artists. Yeah. Right. That's a good, uh, that's a good one. But, I mean, uh, music, uh, the music, you got to turn it into a musical, because uh, my friend wanted to turn it into a musical, uh, Steve Cooper, the agent that I've been with for 50 years, 30 years. Yeah, musical play production. That. He was trying to sell it to uh, somebody as a musical. Yeah, of the, definitely. Musical play production. Where you get a story the, entwined with the musical acts. Yeah, all the hit songs that were done there and all that. Uh, well, that's a good uh, Well, it's a good start. You got, I mean, you, you finish one phase of it. Yeah, we're doing the work, buddy. We're doing the work. No, it's a huge, I mean, we, you know, we can't, this is, you know, uh, we were kind of, we knew what we wanted to do, but we weren't um, really clear on what would happen. But boy, it's just like everything that's, uh, that's come together here. Uh, it's just been fantastic. And, uh, you know, so this is a big, big week, my friend. This is uh, an outline. It sets it up for it to be written. And once it's written, just like you said, we're going to have, uh, we're going to get the sponsors, and this is going to happen. Yeah. Yes, sir. Well, you know, the way we're playing, Eddie, something's got to happen. Something's got to yeah, happen. We, 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 we want you in the front row. We want Rudy Garino in the front <laughs> row. I'm telling you, dude, we're going to cast the best guy to play you. I'm telling you. Well, you Rudy, this just, adds, this just adds another product to the mix, my friend. You know, you've amazing. got the documentary, you've got amazing. the play. And yeah. when well, people well, come to the play, they're going to be buying T-shirts. They're going to be buying albums. They're going yeah. to be buying artwork. Best of the Sugar Shack music, the CD, Best of the Sugar Shack and, uh, yeah, we got big plans, man. we got big plans. Hey, listen, if anybody's listening, we put up the uh, call-in number. It's 646-929-2451. Check it out. But Rudy gets anxious if we don't play music, so we're going to play some music right now. And I uh, found oh, yeah. some great, great stuff uh, this week, including this one. This uh, I got... Got this great uh, station on Pandora that plays all the beautiful stuff, you know. And I gotta say something. I t- I told uh, Billy this. 
the other day. I said, here I am, um, you know, listening to the, I was listening to a different station, and all of a sudden, um, my computer went off. And when it came back on, it was playing the old Jays. <laughs> and I didn't even have that station on. And, uh, yeah, and I'm sitting there listening to the OJs, and there's a four tops into the, to, um, the spinners. And, and I'm saying to myself, wait a minute. I not only know these songs now, I've been in the dressing room with these guys. Yeah, imagine that. Imagine <laughs> that. <laughs> and Rudy was look at Rudy was hanging out and chilling with them uh, be, be, before they were legends, man. Imagine, unbelievable. Yeah, and uh, the magic, the, the magic of this, um, you know, this whole this this whole thing is just mind blowing. Let's uh, let's do. Uh, let's play a song. I'm disappointed. I uploaded one. I can't find it, but I'm going to play this one. And you know, one of the things that came up, like I said, was Teddy Pendergast. And I think of the beautiful relationship. I got to see uh, him live in London on a YouTube video. And to think of the amazing relationship you had with that giant. Right? Yeah. Oh. He, he was a big guy. He was a tall guy. Yeah, but he was a, not only a giant tall, he was giant in the yeah, industry. Yeah, mega star, mega star. Oh, you know, here he was so, playing at the Palladium in London. You know, think of think of what he thought. His he was a backup. He was a drummer, a drummer <laughs> sitting in <right>? the band. <laughs> and right? he went from his face being pushed in a motorcycle, cop's motorcycle seat, and you saved right, him to, drive, to, to the to Palladium in to, London. Yeah, the, but but then to, to then driving with Rudy to Philly in the back seat of his car, getting, I know getting pulled over. I mean, come on, those stories are phenomenal. They're like. Oh. And the fa- fact he gave you, donated his New Year's Eve to you. Amazing, right, Miami, week, yeah. A whole week. A whole week. I got, the New Year's Eve week is the biggest week in the history of celebration, I think, in, the, in this country. <laughs> Amazing. Yep. Yeah. Well, let's go. A little love TKO. Here we go. There we go. Thank you. 
A Star is Born. Rudy loved that movie. Wow. Wow. Oh, cool. I, so cool. Oh, oh. No, the jokes are so... Oh, I know what you mean. The Star is Born after you saw that. After I saw that. Yeah, well, oh, oh, so it was the Al Jolson story. Okay, I thought he started. Didn't he play in A Star is Born, though, the original one? James Mason, I think. And, uh, oh, okay, Joe okay. Gott. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, Al okay. The, the, his life story, and when I saw that, my my whole train of thought of thinking and everything went out the window. I wanted to be in the music wow. business. Amazing. You did so it. Cool. So cool. You did it. Yeah, you, you did, did it, man. You did it. That's how so, uh, that became pals with Jerry because there was a friend of mine throwing a party for Jerry Vale. And, uh, he, uh, and he asked me if I wanted to come. I said, what the hell do I know about music? I said, uh, singers, I'm in the gambling business. Wow. So when <laughs> I went to the movie... I called my friend up. I said, when's that party? He says, well, when he comes to town, I don't know, in a couple of weeks or something, I says, well, invite me. So when I went there, I got very friendly with him, and uh, we've been palling around for 10, 15 years. And I wow. learned something. We're going to write into that story. Write that story into the play. Yeah. Yeah, I learned some stories about... Uh, where you get a, uh, the booking of the talent, and uh, they have agencies in New York. I learned all that from uh, Jerry. Nice. Jerry wow. Nice. Nice. So it, it was so well, okay, funny. It was another story was up, came off of that. It was so funny. One of my partners, uh, the big shot, a good fellow, whatever you want to say. Yep. Go ahead. Go ahead, Rudy. There was a guy that owned the beach ball in Revere, which he got killed. And uh, he he called up the good fellow and he says, Hey, what does that guy Rudy Garrido know about entertainment and talent and everything? He says, I've been booking talent all last year and I lost 75000 Nah. <laughs> so, so that's why my friend, the good fellow that was partners with us, he went berserk. He just stop everything because after <laughs> Wilson and uh, Wayne Cochran, we were we were up front with some serious money, and he said stop wow. everything. And that was the cause of uh, the turnaround that they left, and I ended up going forward. So I wow. gotta thank. <laughs> wow, that's what a great we gotta, story. We gotta add that. We gotta add that. That's important. Oh, I know. Oh my God, these stories are, ma- are guy, amazing. Is the guy Richie? I think Castucci that owned the beach ball. He throws a knock at me, and the knock turns out to be in my benefit. Wow. He, had, he ended up killing the the the, the sugar shack idea. And then they ended up eliminating themselves. So I wow. ended up. We, and I was yeah, Billy and I were wrestling with that the other day, how to write that. That's perfect. That's easy. Right? 
Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Story. That's so cool. Right, 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 right. right. Beautiful. The revamp. Oh, man. Unbelievable. So cool. That's how the idea came that we uh, turned my life around from a gambler to uh, in the singing business. The music oh, wow. The music business. Beautiful. Really cool. And it was all yeah. uh, the, way, the way things happen. There's a guy. Don't even know my experience or anything, but he was guessing right that I didn't know nothing. But uh, uh, I ended up uh, pecking Jerry Vale's uh, reign. Uh, well, how do you do this? How did How did you get this job? I remember I used to tell him all these questions. <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. Wow. Yeah. You know, yeah. Huh? I said, you learned some valuable information from Jerry Vale. Amazing. If you didn't ask those questions, imagine that. Where would you be, you know? If you didn't answer those questions, there would never have been a sugar shack. If you didn't ask those questions. I was trying to find out how it works. How does he get a job? Yeah. You know, uh, what's interested in uh, uh, all these places he works? You know, how how do they do it? And uh, he told me there's agencies in New York and California and Certain parts of the country. Wow! And you made a you developed an empire. You developed you developed an empire from that knowledge, a historical yeah. empire. Amazing! So cool. Fifty years later, we're planning a play. The documentaries for the first. Well, we got five hours of film on the documentary, and the the right. sizzle reel is going out. By the way, we're getting nibbles from investors, Rudy. Yeah, we're right. getting some interest. Listen, there's one thing I gotta tell you. There's always room for another story. Yeah. I know. Yes, sir. Government needs material. Movie industries need material. Broadway plays need material. There's always room. That's yeah. Right, and that's that's the beauty of what this year has done all of the great stories. I told you yesterday that we're going to add a character. Woody from the uh, Lords is going to be a character. He's going to be somebody who's always in the club. And we're going to have a running gag. Uh, way that Tell Billy, tell Rudy how you've got the plan set up, how the stage is going to be set up. Yeah, there'll be like the, the when, when you look uh, downstage, you're going to see the club on the left and then the office on the right, and then in the middle you'll see the entrance where everybody enters and, of course, like the um, the tables and chairs where the people in the audience, you know, roamed around and, 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 and watched uh, the uh, the musical acts up front. So we're looking, you know, downrange, club on the left, uh, office on the right, and then, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about the characters, and then we'll bring in the musical acts that entwine with the story of how you – uh, um, just went forward with the Sugar Shack on your daily life. It was, you know, the, the whole thing was just amazing. We got so much information and so many, so many story elements that I hope we can fill it, fit it all in in, in two hours because that's the um, basic time of a play is like two hours. So, but yeah, it's, yeah, you know, going forward, man, it's it's just uh, I'm grateful to be, to be a part of it. Well, one of the one of the great gags that Woody's given us is. The line he said that every time you started talking Italian, he got the hell out of the office. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, when Rudy so, started talking Italian, I, was, I knew not to be there. <laughs> so this 
this poor kid, Woody, keeps trying to get into the office, and he goes in. Yeah, what do you got on your mind, Woody? And then all the phone will ring, and you start talking Italian, and he runs the hell out of there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he said, hey, Woody was speaking Italian. I didn't want to be there. I just signed him Can you see? Hey, Billy, can you see him doing a double take? You know, uh, oh. hey, uh, a, a Three Stooges double take and a run out of the office. Oh my God! Yeah, like you know, oh, oh here we go, man. He's speaking that. He's speaking that Sicilian. I'm out. I got no business being here. I don't want no part of this. Rudy, yeah. we have yeah, so got... many. Go ahead. Go ahead, Rudy. I think the best shot we got on my Facebook about the show, at the stage and everything was at the Connolly. I got a shot. Oh yeah, we uh, exactly sweet soul music. Yeah, if you look at uh, my Facebook, there's a there's a picture uh, a picture of him on stage. Yeah, I see. Yeah, it. we're gonna. Yeah, uh, really cool. I was thinking of that, Billy. After we left, we gotta put that song in there because it covers it covers Absolutely. all the artists. James, listen to James Brown now. He had it all, oh, y'all. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Right? you gotta put that to Conley Sweet Soul Music. You gotta do that. Yep. Absolutely, absolutely. That's that'll given. be actually that'll be the first act. We'll just throw that right. Well, after after Wayne Cochran. No, right. You hit him with Wayne Cochran, and then you come back with the sweet soul music. Yep. I uh, yeah. I I I spoke to um a guy named Dennis Taylor. He does he he sings at Polkari's on Thursday nights and he sings all the solo. He's actually coming around and running around with Chubby Tavares. He was with him last night. They're doing a lot of music. He just came back from Philly. He's a young kid from Charlestown. His name is Dennis Taylor. And I went up there with Eddie Barnett to Polkari's and he sings all the cover bands and he wants to do uh the Great Night. He wants to do um um, what's his name there? The Great Night of Soul. He wants to play him in the, in the musical. I was like, wow, well, you know, he's really oh, good. Oh, Arthur Carley? Go no. Um, oh, 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 he wants to play, um, uh, uh, yeah, I'm trying to point yeah. now to Wayne. Right, yeah, he wants to play Wayne. I oh, that'd be great. I went, with, I went with Eddie B, and Eddie B introduced me to him. That's his boy. He was hanging out with Chubby, Chubby Tavares last night, and I talked to them guys, Eddie B, and he's like, I taught, and, and I, uh, Dennis said, yeah, I'll play Wayne Cochran, absolutely. And he can sing every single cover song. He's been back and forth to Philly. He's been singing with all the old timers, and uh, he's the next kid. He's like 24 years old. He's amazing. He's playing tomorrow night at Pocari's. I'll be there. And uh, this, this guy does all the Tavares, all the cover songs from the 60s. Is he going to be there on a Friday night or on a Thursday? No, I, I, I think he does the uh, the Continental on a Friday, but tomorrow night at Pocari's, me and Eddie B, Brian, we're all going to go up tomorrow night. It stops yeah, well, he's usually o'clock. on Thursdays. No, he's usually on Thursdays. Yeah. Today's Thursday. Yeah, I think he, I, I guess he's doing tomorrow night there. Yeah, he's doing oh, okay. tomorrow night. <clears throat> well, you should come out. Rudy. It's, it's amazing. He yeah, I might do that. Rudy. Yeah. Rudy, I want you to think about this. I want you to think about this, that, we, you know, we're going to leave a spot. As, you know, George Wilson came up there, there when this film, when this play makes it to Broadway, that there's a spot every night for, or whenever, once a week or once a month, for the original band to come in and actually do their set. Yeah. What do you mean the original band? Who's the original band? 
Spinners, Eddie Levera, Tavares, and maybe George Clinton. We're going to try to get the original bands to come in and maybe sing a song. Oh, um, you mean the, the original singers? Yeah. yeah. The, the, the imitators. What do you, yeah. you mean the people that are alive? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's tough to get the dead ones. <laughs> what you should do is maybe have the live, it's opinion, have like the live, uh, the ones that are still alive play themselves and uh, then videos of the ones that passed away. Uh, you, you're yeah. right on. You're exactly. spot on. Especially, spot you know, on. you're doing the intermission. You could do that. You know, uh, well, uh, well, the bands are changing. Like, if you want to change the band, because some of these acts come self-contained, you know. So while you're changing a band, you show a video of, uh, like, uh, Arthur Connolly, Sweet Soul Music, Jackie Wilson. They're two hits, you know. Yeah. Well, you know. So anyway, I was just thinking, Rudy, that we're in Boston when this thing goes up. What if we got Tavares to come in a couple of nights? Oh man. Yeah, you get Tavares to uh, to, to kick it off if you're gonna do it in Boston because they're a Boston group, and maybe yep. Woody. Yep. <laughs> Woody, you get yeah. 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 Yep, Woody's still playing. Hey, Rudy, I want to ask you a question. How does it feel to be talking about this stuff? You know, it's like being <laughs> ball again. Or something. You know, it Unbelievable. Keeps me going. It really yeah. keeps me going. Well, it should because you're going you're to see some miracles happening, buddy. The only thing is I'm losing a lot of money on the Megabuck machine because I'm trying to fund this thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, miracles happen. You could win big time, pal. It's ten million and up. I figure one of these days they're gonna call Tom Hayes and uh, Tom. Tell all the boys we're we found an investor. <laughs> well, we might even get yeah. Henry Fowler to come around when he sees all the stuff we're doing. Yeah, Megabuck machine. Yeah, that's it. All right, let's Mega go to. Uh, you want to? You want to go to London with uh, Teddy? Yeah. Yeah, let's go. There we go. Somebody 
If you promise to wash my Baby, come closer. Mm. Girl, I want to give you a special treat. Because you've been so sweet. Put that where you want it. Baby, just get cozy. You're the only one in the world that I need. Yeah. I want to love you, want to love you all over. Baby, a lot of candle, just like that, baby. You're the only one in the world that I need. Whoa. Oh, baby, come closer. See, tonight I'm in a sexy mood.
<laughs> Boy, yeah. the guy could have mo- the guy, guy most, couldn't he? Yeah, that's a good old Teddy. Amazing. Wow. Wow, Rudy, now, we you always talk about Al Green getting pulled off the stage. The women must have gone crazy for oh, Teddy. Oh,
It was amazing. Wow. That's great. Well, I'm going to play That's a great. little uh, David Ruffin doing a cappella here. Here we go. Sunshine, blue skies, please go away. A girl has found another and gone away. With her went my future. My life is filled with gloom. So day after day, I stay locked up in my room. I know to you, it might sound strange, but I wish it would rain. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Cause so badly, I want to go outside. But everyone knows that a man ain't supposed to cry. Listen, I got to cry, cause crying is the pain. Oh, yeah. People just hurt, I feel inside. Words could never explain. I just wish it would rain. Oh, let it rain. Rain, rain, rain. Oh, yeah, let it rain. Day in, day out, my tears stain fade. Pressed against the window pane. My eyes such disguise. Desperately for rain. Cause rain drops behind my teardrop. And no one will ever know that I'm crying, crying when I go outside. To the world outside my tears, I refuse to explain. Oh, I wish it would rain. Ooh, baby, let it rain. Let it rain. I need rain to disguise the tears in my eyes. Oh, let it rain. Oh, yeah, yeah, listen. I'm a man and I got no pride. Till it rains, I'm gonna stay inside. Let it rain. Let it rain. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, right? Oh, my Jesus. Hey, listen, I had Dennis Taylor just reach out to me and thank us for the shout out we gave him. He's gonna be at Polkari's tonight at 8 o'clock. Dennis Taylor, he sings all the covers. Jay Harvey gave a like to the Sugar Shack Radio, and, and, and this guy's amazing. We really, we wanted, we wanted to play the White Knight of Soul in uh, Back to the Sugar Shack. I told you I'm it was tonight. tonight. Yeah, I tonight. told you it was tonight. <laughs> well, tonight. You, started oh, yeah, well, tonight you showed me the picture of the tequila and the margarita mix, and I know what you're doing. Uh, you know, it will uh, lubricate the situation. <laughs> you know you know, I always got a feeling that David Ruffin was, was something like, I mean, the Teddy Pendergrass was something like the David Ruffin. Yeah, they were amazing, yeah. man. Amazing, amazing artists. Amazing. Big, the big voice, you know? Yeah, big voice. You know, Rudy, I said it a couple of weeks ago. Everybody thought it was so great to go down to Leachmere Sales and buy a stereo. <laughs> and right across the river in a little club, a guy named Rudy Garino had the original axe. <laughs> right? He had all the. Oh. 
<laughs> right? You had the biggest in your face. You had the biggest stereo set in all of New England. Unbelievable. Yeah. Rudy, yeah, you just you must can... have some Go ahead, Rudy. Maybe you can make like a jukebox. Uh, <laughs> a jukebox. A jukebox. On, on the plane, the jukebox. Well, I mean, I some know. nights you must have just you must have just stopped and looked at these guys. I mean, sing these ballads like that. Oh yeah, it was it was mind boggling. It blew you right out of your chair. I know. Yeah. I can see. I could see why you never wanted to leave the sugar shack. You was like, no, bring me my dinner. I can't leave this place. I can. I, I really can't understand why you would never want to leave the sugar shack while you was there in your mode. You were in your element, and you were like, no, I can't leave. Bring me my dinner. you just like, yeah. I can understand that. Yeah. You were part of such a, a huge we movement. The on top of the, the club there. And any time I wanted to eat, I had the food brought downstairs. Amazing. Amazing. That shows, like, how much love you had for the soul music and the people and the artists that came to the Sugar Shack. And, oh, hey, hey. Hey, that, got, you know? hey look, we got we got a caller. How about this? Oh, no. Oh, we kidding? got a caller, 310-488. I won't say the rest. Who are you? Oh, that's, that's L.A. That's L.A. It's, it's, but I'm, but I, so it's, who but we I'm got from L.A.? Boston in my heart. <laughs> Who have we got? This is Tom Hayes. You got Rudy Garino in Las Vegas and Billy you Porter mean, in uh, Saugus. You mean E.J. Garino? No, E.J. That must be Jay Harvey. <laughs> that's, that's me. There's only two people that call Rudy E.J. Jerry <laughs> Vale and me. Yeah. How are you, Jason? I'm okay. How are you doing? Uh, we're hanging in. The, the guys are trying to put something together up there. They, they're working on a uh, musical about the Sugar Shack. So. Yeah, I heard about it. Your daughter's doing great stuff. She's doing some interviews and things. That's great. Yeah, she did uh, with Duke Faker from the Four Tops. Uh, I saw that she Clinton. did. I still remember, I, I think I posted it, but I'll tell the story about the day. Uh, I, I wasn't in, in the office. Chichilo uh, 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 told me the story about when you and Chichilo and, and, and Bindle, and I don't, know, I don't know who else was in the office, in the afternoon when the, when the parliaments opened up and in walks, you know, the door opens and in walks these guys with sheets on, you know, with past, you know, tie, tie sheets. And Rudy goes, Rudy goes, hey, hey, who are you guys? And they say, well, we're the parliaments. So Rudy looks on his desk and there's a James Kriegsman 8x10 of the parliaments in their tuxedos. And they had a, they had a, they had a hit song out that time called I Want to Testify. Rudy I want to testify. And Rudy goes, Rudy looks at the picture, and then he looks at the, and he looks at the picture, and he realized, I got screwed. Something's up. <laughs> bad. And Cicillo, and Cicillo told me you, you, you were taking the, uh, that little gray uh, cash thing you had, the, 
you know, the money box, and you were going to throw it at him. Get the hell out of here. And George Clinton, and George Clinton came in and sat down with Rudy and copped a plea and begged him and pleaded with him, please, we need wow. the money. Please let us go on. Please, Rudy. Please, Rudy. And Rudy wow. said, right, Imagine right, that. Right, right. And, and the Funkadelics were born, and they went on the shack, and it went on that night, and people just loved them. And then Rudy wow. and Joe became very good friends. And the, the Funkadel, how many times, Rudy, did they play at the shack? Oh, at least uh, close to 10 times. Oh, all the time. I used to remember when George would come out and he'd say, you know, the music be going, and he'd, he'd come out with that weird look of his, and he'd look at some <laughs> girl and say, I am a dog, and you will be free, and I will pee on you. What is Billy's Billy's laughter covered it over? We need that line for the play. What did he say? He used to come on. It's a paraphrase. I don't know if it's exactly correct, but he would come on. Yeah, okay, that's all right. He'd look around, and then George would go, I am a dog, and you are my tree, and I will pee on you. <laughs> oh, God. oh, you guys are nuts. <laughs> you know, talk you about Rudy. Crazy. Rudy, talk about nightclubs. This month, uh, Mavericks Flat. You remember John Daniels? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, he, he sold it. But it's still open, and it's celebrating its 50th anniversary. I think I'm going to go. Wow. Wow. You're going to go? Yeah, 50 years. I worked when, 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 when one time I was in the office at the Sugar Shack, and there was an 8x10 on the, on the, on the desk of, of these seven beautiful girls, black girls. You know, they were like 17 attorneys, all with different looks and personalities. And I said to Rudy, I said, well, who's that? What's that? And he says, ah, it's some group called the Love Machine. Uh, they want to play here. I, I said, yeah, you should book them. He said, ah, they don't have a record. They don't have any records out. I, you know me, I only want record acts. I said, are you kidding? The pimps will love this act. Are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> and, and Rudy says, yeah, you think so? I said, are you kidding me? Those seven girls in those little tiny outfits? So he bought he bought so? the so he bought the uh, the love machine. I remember it was thirty five hundred bucks for fifteen shows. Boy, wow. you got great deals. Rudy got the best deals. He played Stevie Wonder four times because I worked with him. I I used to introduce him and say and wow. the like. And 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 uh, he he got Stevie Wonder for fifteen shows, two a night and a matinee on Sunday. The first wow. time for seventy five hundred dollars. Wow. And grand. The third time was twelve five. Fourth time was fifteen thousand. And then Stevie exploded. He couldn't get him anymore. But he had wow. he had he had Ray Charles because I worked that show too. I played chess with Ray Charles. He he got Ray Charles for fifteen shows for twenty five thousand. He had James Brown. Same thing. Same deal. Amazing. Rudy was amazing. Wow. He made amazing deals. Wow. I learned a wow. lot. I learned a lot about deal making from. From listening to Rudy, I didn't. I wow. didn't. I didn't. Uh, 
I didn't learn much about uh, how to play cards or anything, but I learned a lot about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, amazing, Jay Harvey. Great story. And, and, and Rudy taught me what hearts of palm are. That was his favorite, hearts of palm. <laughs> hey, wow. Yeah, you know, good, good stuff. Go ahead, Rudy. Talking about shows and deals. That was one question when I did the Maurice Starr uh, podcast. He asked yeah. me, he says, how the hell did you get all those stars and how did you make all those deals to get all those shows? How did you do it? I said, it's a secret. Well, what I think it was, you know, at the time in the 60s, there was all that great R&B music. You know, we all loved it. It was great music, but there was no play, Unless you were a superstar and you played Blinstrips, there was really the only other place to play was Estelle's, you know, which was in the hood. So a lot yeah, of, you right. know, a lot of white folks wouldn't go there. I went there a lot of times, but a lot of people wouldn't go there. So Rudy, wow. well, the Sugar Shack, I don't know if he's told you this, but Sugar Shack wasn't always or wasn't originally an R&B club. It opened up with okay. uh, Wayne Cochran right? and, and yeah. Nicky Larry and the Exciters and and, he, and Rudy had a partner, Peter Fumara, who had the living room. I remember that place, the living room. Yeah. And, yeah, that's all. And, yeah. And if I remember correctly, tell me if I'm right, Rudy. I, the, the first act, you decided somebody, I don't know if it was me or somebody said, you know, why don't you bring in a record act, a real act or something. And you, you, you went to Billboard, and the number one record at that time was uh, – um, 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 What's his name? Uh, oh, uh, oh, God. Wilson Pickett. Wilson Pickett. Wilson was, Pickett. Uh, what was the song, Rudy? I think it was Midnight Hour. Midnight Hour. Midnight Hour. Midnight Hour. Wow. Number one. Number one. And they brought in Wilson Pickett, and there were lines around the block, and the Sugar Shack was born. Wow. Wow. Oh, so he had cool. the best act. He had Martha Reed and Vendellas. I went out with two of the Vendellas. He had uh, wow. he had uh, Gladys Knight and the Pips. I worked there with Gladys Knight. He had the Delphonic, wow. the Stylistics. He had the Dramatics. He had the Manhattans. He had the Shy Lights. He never had uh, um, uh, Otis Redding. He died. You had a deal on him, though, didn't you, Rudy? Yeah, I was uh, I was working with his brother Roger Redden. In fact, we had a we had a, a talk with Skippy White, the guy uh, uh, at the record shop, and he knew Roger Redden too. Uh, when I mentioned his name, he jumped. He says, "Yeah, I knew Roger. I was working with his brother to try and bring him in." Yeah, I remember that. Otis Redden. And he and he had a bad accident. It was a shame. Yeah, it was a shame. It was, but you you played everybody. He had Edda James. I mean, right. yeah. The yeah, list really goes on. Jay, oh, did you list. hear that we went to uh, we went with Susanna out to Missoula, Montana, and we uh, we well, I played there. we yeah we yeah we were at the um, oh god I get the name of the place we were out in uh, Wilma. And we we got into uh, we got a good half hour interview with George on film. Oh wow! I did my I produced and directed a play called Love Letters with Robert Wagner. And we oh yeah, wow. 
Would you be willing to help us produce back to the sugar shack when we do this or what? Oh yeah, well whatever I can do. I mean, I mean, I'm happy to help. Rudy's what I know. Rudy, Rudy's Rudy was one of the first guys that turned me down. I mean, I've known oh. Rudy since I'm fifty. I'm sixty. Oh. I'm sixty-eight. I'm sixty-eight years old, and oh, I've known Rudy since I'm, since I'm uh, fifteen years old. Wow, that's so cool. Yeah, because we want to put this this musical play production up, you know, and uh, we're looking for for back in the day. You know, you know how the story goes. Go ahead, Rudy. Well, no, Jay, did I meet you at the Copacabana when you were sixteen? Well, I I used to write jokes for Pat Henry. I was at the Copa when I, when he was there for a month with Jimmy Roselli. Yeah, and I came but in I, with Jimmy Danielle. Yeah, I, came but in with I thought Jimmy I could met you in Boston before that. Oh, before no, that? Oh, in Kent's. In Kent's. Was that in Kent's? Yeah, Kent? I think I met you in Kent's. I, oh, that, that, that reminds me. You see if you remember this one, Rudy. What, there, there was a place on Forreston Street called The Bagel. You remember that place? Yeah. The little the little Jewish restaurant, you know, n- not too far from Paul's Mall. Yeah. Paul's Mall. Right. What about Ken's restaurant? Ken's was a big place, too. Right. Well, I remember one time I walked into, well, maybe it was Ken's. I walked into Ken's, and you were sitting there on a big, long table with a lot of Italian guys. And that's all I'll say say about that. And I was a a young teenage, you know, young comedian. And some guy who I didn't know, I had recognized two or three of the guys, and, of course, Rudy and Gicciolo, but there was another guy talking, and I didn't know who it was. So I walked over to the table. And you know how it is, you know, somebody's talking, everybody's looking, and somebody walks over to a table, everybody looks, who the hell is this? So when I walked over, everybody kind of looked at me, and, and, and it kind of broke. The guy who was talking, it broke his stride, it broke his rhythm. And he looks, and he looks oh. at me, and he says, hey, who's this? And Rudy says, why don't you ask him? And the guy goes, hey. <laughs> the guy goes, hey, who are you? The guy goes, hey, who are you? So I went, who am I? Who are you? And he said, <laughs> he said, Rudy knows what's coming. He said, I'm Bill the Greek. Who are you? I said, I'm Jay the Jew. How do you do? <laughs> and do you know, Jerry Maffeo, for like 20 years, that's, you know, well, not, you know, for years I was Jay the Hey, Jay the Jew, Jay the Jew. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Respect them. Good old days. Those the good old days. Jay, you remember when we drove the Florida? We had Jerry Maffei and you. Yeah, he wanted to throw me in the Oki Finoki. <laughs> <laughs> He's doing okay. I talked to him last time he was in Florida about a month ago, and I've been trying to reach him like the last couple of days, and his uh, phone is not accepting incoming calls. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck, but Jerry, I'm assuming, I'm hoping he's doing well, and uh, yeah, uh, we'll but find you, him in a couple of days. Jerry was a Jerry was a good card player, and then one, I remember one summer, 
I'm a golfer. I love golf. I play a lot of golf, and and I've become pretty good at it. Actually, I'm not you know not not at a professional level, but I I'm a single digit player. And Jerry right. got the book on golf, and I remember one night in the Sugar Shack, he said the funniest thing to me. He said, "You know, Jay Harvey." He said, "I used to dream about ace of spades and card pins. Now I dream about golf shots." <laughs> Jesus, I'm lucky. Jesus. I'm 69 and I dream about broad still. Oh. <laughs> I, well, I, well, I was married and divorced three times by the time I was 28, so I, I've never had any. Oh trouble. wow. Rudy and Rudy knew a lot of my my. I, I was married to a Playboy bunny, and, and uh, her name was Lenny, and then I married an, a beautiful a Japanese singer named Midori. And uh, they all they all cheated on me though. But, but you know what are you gonna do? Well, you, those were great. Yeah. Those you know we've been doing these podcasts, Jay, for a year now. And I know you were I some of the best once, ones. Right, about a year. I called in about yeah. a year ago. I, and I and when I when I hooked on today, Thomas, I saw or the phone number. And I I didn't know you could just call in. I thought you could just listen. And then uh, I took a shot. I you know that you could hear my shot. And uh, Rudy saw my phone. This is my cell number. Oh, yeah, so glad great. to hear from you, Jay. So glad, always to hear from you. Always so glad. You know, the the, the problem. So, if you guys were talking about doing a Broadway musical, you know, a Broadway musical is a lot of money to put on. But we, we, well, I would be I would be happy to do it in Boston, like at you know the Emerson Theater or maybe the the, the Wilbur Theater or something like that. We just want to get it in. We want to well, start it off really in Boston. Boston that's really it's Boston. That's, it's Boston. Fred. That's Billy Blumenrush. He owns the Wilbur now. Right, 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 right. It's a piece yeah, of Boston history, music history, and you guys are all a part of it. And we would just like to everybody well, collaborate sounds, and put this up. You know, you know. Let me make a suggestion. In fact, I can give you his phone number if you don't have it. Um, no, right. Uh, Fred Taylor. He's, you know, oh, Freddie. Fred? Yeah, we know Freddie. Yeah. yeah, Fred. Taylor. Give us. Yeah, give us his number. Okay, hang on a second. Wait a minute. How do I do this? Fred Taylor is hooked up with um, I just talked to him not so long ago um, Fred Taylor is hooked up with Berkeley and this is, this makes sense because they've got, they've got a theater there right Fred Taylor's number at home is my favorite area code 617 is this going on the air uh, I can take, I can, uh, I can mute you. Hang on. Uh, yeah, I can. Here we go. I think I just took you off. You here? Can you hear me? No, I can't hear you. All right. Let's bring you back in. Okay. Uh, yeah, well, you know something? Text it to me. I'll give you my number. Well, can I text it to this number that I just called? No, I'll give you my number. I don't mind putting mine on the air. Well, uh, uh, oh, well. Okay, no, and I'll do. Oh no, when we're through, I'll text you on this number you called in on. Your three one zero. Yeah, and then I can text it. Yeah, and I can text it back. Um, Great, perfect. But Fred, Fred Taylor, Fred Taylor. I have a very good friend of mine named Jeff Barry, who's a very successful songwriter. Most of his hits were in the sixties. Songs like uh, Chapel of Love, Leader of the Pack. The Do Run Run, uh, Sugar Sugar. Wow. He, he wrote uh, 
he wrote uh, River Deep Mountain High for Tina Turner. Oh, he wrote gosh. a Lizzie Newton show, the biggest hit, um, uh, I Honestly Love You. But he and I have been friends for about 35 years or so. And it, he, he he originally wanted to be a singer-songwriter, but he, he, he didn't say, you know, they, he, he went to work with, um, um, oh, God, I'm getting old. My mind doesn't work anymore. Um, the, the guy that's in uh, in jail for murder, the, the song guy. Uh, oh, what, uh, Whitey? Huh? Not Whitey Bulger. No, the, uh, oh. the guy, the big song. Uh, oh, uh, I can't. Short night, short night, short night. No, no, a white guy, the guy that kills you. Yeah, I know the music. He owned the record company. Yeah, yeah, the, the record producer. I can't. I think of his yeah. name. I'm, you know, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, with the fucking with the million wigs there, so he got all the wigs. Yeah, Alfred um, right. Al Pacino played him in an HBO movie. Yeah, exactly. What's his name there? Um, oh, oh, I got. Let me get that. I'm gonna pop it right up right now. Oh my god! Now, now I, I know. I know he's on. Um, oh, that's terrible. We, uh, shame on us. We should know that. Yeah. Now I know. I'm, now I know. I'm getting old when I can't think of his name. He wrote. Uh, he's a co-writer of uh, "Lost That Love and Feeling." Oh, wow. God. He shot the singer or something. No, yeah, yeah, he shot yeah, a girl he shot that he Lana picked. Turner, Lana Turner. Lana Clarkson, Lana Clarkson. Did he Lana Clarkson, Lana Clarkson. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, Lana Clarkson, yeah. yeah he played the, he, the, the guy, he wears all the wigs, the big hair there. Uh, he wrote all of, he produced all the Rolling Stones, you know, he, he was like, you know, megastar. He produced oh, Phil Spector. Houses and oh, poor guy. Well, well, listen. I hear he's pretty. He's you know one foot in yeah, the he's grave. Pretty, he's pretty. Inti- he's pretty intense. <laughs> he's pretty but he intense. wanted to do. Jeff wanted to do a, a, a show, and um, I had talked with uh, Fred about it. You know, looking for a place to break it in, and he had suggested Berkeley. But uh, they never they did. We never put the deal together. But you guys, you're in Boston. Fred's in Boston. I don't know if he's Fred, still. Yeah. Doing, I think he's still doing Scullies at the. Uh, yeah, he is. He's doing Scullers. Yes. Yeah. At the, uh, at the, um, the the hotel there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know you, what you could do is you get uh, who's writing this. We already wrote it the other day. Right. Billy and I. Billy and I wrote it. It's done. It's the outline's done. It's all we got to do is fill it you in. You have an outline, but but you, you, so in other words, we. You, you, if I'm understanding you correctly, you're looking to do, you know, like a Jersey Boys kind of musical, yep. utilize the yep. story of the pretty show. Pretty much, pretty, pretty, pretty much, yeah. But it was just, it's these white white guys, you know, working with all these black guys. Kind of. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. I remember one time, I, hey, Rudy, I remember one time I was at the bar and, and Johnny Mariano was there. And, oh, and Monterano, Monterano, yeah, Monterano. Monterano, yeah, I said it wrong. And Johnny, and and he was there with another guy, and they were drinking, you know, and you know, and the music boom. 
and there were a few pimps there, and they were something. Something happened. I don't know. I didn't quite see it all and get it all, but there was a few words between Mariano and one of the pimps. But out of respect for Rudy, Mariano took it, told his guy, "Let's go," and they left. Didn't start wow. any beef. And Mariano, I'm not talking this. I can put on the air. He was interviewed on 60 Minutes. You know, he. he oh yeah, he got, yeah, he got a yeah, he got a big uh, big payday there for 60 Minutes. Yeah, he's talking now with Whitey and all that. I'm consulting myself. But, but he wouldn't. He wouldn't start any. They wouldn't start anything in Rudy's club. No, never, never. Rudy always said they came in, they mesmerized with the music. I don't know what it was, but they also fell in love with the music. Because there was no trouble. But I think Jerry well, Lafayette kept, kept everybody in trance. Well, they were all afraid of Sticker. <laughs> were they? No. Sticker was this quiet, calm little guy. I never heard Sticker raise his voice ever. Is he still alive, your brother? Oh, he passed away a couple of years ago. 87. Uh, 87. God bless him. Uh, yeah, he was a nice man. I always he He had a very wry sense of humor. And then he got with that girl. That what was her name? Rudy. Yeah, he ended up marrying her, Marianne. Marianne, right, right. Oh God. Uh, it was wild. I'll tell you one wild story. I've never told this story, and Rudy, Rudy may not even know this. Well, he sort of knows half of the story. This is a wild story. I was married. I mentioned before to the Playboy Club. So, when when I I was working for Rudy. As a comic, opening for Gladys Knight and the Pips. And the first show was like at 8 o'clock or whatever. And about an hour before the show, there's a phone call for me at the Sugar Shack. You know, Jerry tells me or somebody tells me. I get on the phone, and it's my wife in New Jersey where we were living. We moved to New Jersey to be closer to New York. And and uh, says, I'm leaving you. And oh, I, I wanted to know... And she says, I'm leaving. And and so I hung the phone up, and I had to go on. I was, like, in shock. I was, like, uh, I was very much in love with this girl. I was, uh, what year was this? This was 1970, I think. Yeah, 70. So I was, like, tw- 22 years old. And, and I was so much in love with her, and I was, like, and I had to go on. And, and I did my act. And then after the show, I was so messed up. That uh, I went to Gladys and Bubba night, and I said, "Look, I've never done this in my, you know, I, but I can't go on. I just I, and they understood, and I, I took the, the the second show off, and then I was so messed up, and she was a Playboy bunny, so I would go down to the Playboy club and and, and stand across the street, in the park, you know, in, in the commons, and I would watch her when she would come out of the door, and one day she came out of the door." And 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 she is with a guy, and they're walking, and they walk, and they walk, and they walk through Park Square, and then they walk up, and the next thing I know, they go into the music hall theater. So I, I just couldn't believe it. I just, you know, we, this is like five days after she told me she's leaving me. I had no idea about a guy, none whatsoever. And um, <laughs> and uh, so I go into the music hall, and they they sit down. And I look, and I can see them, and I walk, and I get behind them, and I can see where their hands were and what was going on. And all of a sudden, I, I show up, and the guy looks at me. 
And the guy looks at me, and, and, and she's in shock. And I just get, I was so frustrated. I, I gave her a little tap on the head, not a slap, not a hit, not a fist, just a little, like with one finger. How could you? And I walked up the aisle. I walked away. And then the guy followed me. The guy's name was Jim. I, you know, I, I remember his last name, but just call him Jim. And the guy followed me, and we in the in the lobby. And he said, "Look, you know, where she's with me." And I said, "I just looked at him. And I just I didn't say much. I remember." And then I left the music hall theater, and I was enraged. I mean, I was flying, and I walked wow. from the music hall theater. I walked from the music hall theater to the Sugar Shack, and as you know, you you know that through proximity, you know, it's, it's not that far. But by the time I got there, I was just flying. And it was a little early before the club opened. And uh, maybe it was open, but it was real early. And I walked in, and I was at the bar, and Carlo was, and Carlo was at the bar. And I was and like, <laughs> and Carlo says, Jay, what's the matter? What's the, what's the matter? And I tell him the story. My wife, she left me, and, and now she's with this guy in and they, 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 and I saw them, and 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 and, and 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 I saw them in the car, and then they drove up to the theater, you know, and I followed them, and they, they and then I was like crazy, and he says, uh, he says, did you get his license plate? What's his name? I said his name is on the license plate. He had a vanity plate, and I gave him the name, and I didn't think anything of it. I had nothing. It was it went in one ear, up the other. Now it's about two months later, and Gabe Kaplan, who I've known since his, you know, since Joey DiCarlo threw him out of the surf when his name was Gabe Vincent back in '67. That's how long I know that guy. Anyway, Gabe Kaplan now is playing the Playboy Club. He calls me up. He says, "Hey Jay, come on, I'm playing the Playboy Club." Oh no, I don't, I don't go in there. I don't want to. I don't want to see my wife, my ex-wife. I don't want to see her. Ah, stalker! What are you gonna hide the rest of your life? Come on, you gotta come in. I said, no, no, I, I don't want to. Come on, I'm going in there. All right, all right, I'll come to the show. So I walk into the Playboy Club, and who's the first guy I see is this guy, Jim, because he used to work at the Playboy Club as a security guard. And he sees me, and I see him, and I walk up the stairs, you know, towards the showroom, and he he walks out the club. I go up to the showroom, and I see Gabe, and who's the bunny that introduces him? My ex-wife, Lenny. So I watch the show. And, uh, and I'm, like, all screwed up, you know. And I said, uh, I said, look, I'm not, I don't want to stay. I'm going to go up to the Sugar Shack. He said, I, I'll see you later. We'll, we'll meet at Ken's or something. So I walk outside the Playboy Club, and there is this guy, Jim. And he's wearing a suit and tie, and he looks at me, and he opens up his jacket, and he's got a gun. And, and, and I look at him, and we don't say anything. I just see him. He makes sure I see him. See him. I walk back into the shook, excuse me, back into the Playboy Club, and I walk up to the counter and I go to the telephone, and I call the Sugar Shack. I don't remember who answered. I don't remember who answered. But I said, "Listen, it's Jay. I'm at the Playboy Club, and this wacky guy that's screwing my wife now just threatened me with a gun." What? We'll be right there. Now. Five or six guys, Gary McPhail and, and, and Sticker and, and Chicholo, and, and, and they, they all grew up loud, a bunch of guys, you know. And there was a cop who was a TPF cop named Ronnie Rome, right? Was that his name? Rudy, Ronnie Rome? 
<laughs> every time I, every time I come in did Carlo work at the club, or is he just a, hanging out? Yeah, he was the bartender. He was the bartender. Oh, okay. It was him and Maffeo, the bartenders up at the main bar. And then Rudy had okay. another bar at the other end. And then Rudy had the uh, the cave, which was originally uh, um, Latin music. Uh, and then he opened it up uh, as a gay club. And that's when he met Henry Vara. Because Henry okay. had the punch bowl. Henry had the punch bowl. And the cave was eating into the punch bowl business. So, you know, ah. the old thing, can't fight him, join him. So, you know, instead of going to war with Henry, Rudy, you know, they, as they say in my tribe, they made a shidduch. Wow. And wow. That's when, and they, this is... Rudy and Henry and Carmen, Henry's brother, that opened, uh, you know, the, the Marco Polo. And that was another thing for me. I, I would read Variety every week. And one week I was reading Variety, and it had an ad. And it said, you know, uh, Miami Beach Hotel Showroom for, for, for lease. And I knew that Rudy was looking for a, a – they were looking for a joint in Miami. <laughs> and so I said, look at this. And the next thing you know, he, Henry, they went to, and they made a deal. Marco Polo, they used to play Jerry Vale in the Persian Room. And then they had the swinger downstairs. And that's where I went and I opened it up. I helped, uh, you know, with the lights and whatever. But I was still screwed up over, over Lenny. So I already stayed there, I don't know, a month or so over, that, over the new year of uh, 1970. I went there in 71 and I left in early 72. And then I drove up to uh, Daytona Beach and I stopped at a club that I had worked in 1969 as a comic. And that's where I met Midori, my my third and last wife that had an affair with Red Fox, and that's the... Yeah, and that's I don't know if you told that one, yeah. Yeah, you took oh, her out yeah. to the, what, Mike Douglas or the Merv Griffin show? Merv Griffin, and, and he was on the show, and that was the end of that. They started, she started opening for him, and uh, that's when he was doing Sanford. He was at the peak of his peakness. Right. But listen, you know, I'm still here. As long as you're still here, you're still in the game. Right, Rudy? Yeah. Uh, yeah, Jay Harvey uh, found a swinger for us. Uh, he came up with uh, uh, the number. He says uh, the play, uh, what was it, Variety or something? Yeah, yeah, Variety ad. I said, you're looking for a place. And it was in Motel Row. It was nice. It was a nice little place. Yeah, you a played, nice place. You played, you played some good acts. You, what you have? Pat Cooper and, uh, and uh, Jerry Vale in the Persian Room. And I forget yeah, the action. We had I bring Charles. We had them all. Yeah. That's where I met John Daniels, because after you played the Love Machine at the Sugar Shack, you oh, then yeah, played the him at you played him at the Swinger, and I was there at the time, and that's where I met John Daniels, and he gave me his card. So when I moved to Los Angeles, I knew two people. I knew John Daniels. Well, I didn't know him, really. Well, I knew him, I guess. And Gabe Kaplan. That was it. Wow, what a what a ride! Hey, you know, Jay, I want to ask you: Was uh, Jay Leno? Did he? Was it true that he was a DJ at the club? No, I, I don't know. That's not no. Jay Leno, not the no. I have my own Jay Leno stories. I can tell you about Jay Leno. In fact, I just posted it. You know, Bobby Vincent, uh, Rudy. <clears throat> I just became a Facebook friend of his, and he's been posting a lot of uh, videos. 
So he posted this video of Tony Cagliero on on stage, and <coughs> on stage was a television series. I forget what channel was on, and it was local New England talent, singers, comics, whatever. I was on it a couple times. Lee Dory was on it once or twice. And I remember the producer of the show was a guy named Joe Sayer. And he was in Dorchester. He had a studio in Dorchester and they're trying to make records. And, and uh, I got to know him a little bit. And uh, went, then he got this idea for the TV show and he got a sponsor and somehow he got it on. And Bobby Vincent was the host. And um, I was at Joe's office when um, his, his secretary, I don't know, and there's a guy, there's a comic out here with a with a tape, wants to get on the show. And he says, well, bring in the tape. So he brings in this three-quarter inch tape. There were no half-inch back then. And uh, we put it, he puts it in, and we're looking at it, and it's Jay Leno. And, he, and Joe hated him. He, he thought he was unfunny, didn't think he was good. And I, I thought he was cute. I, I, you know, and I said, no, he's, he's good. He's, he's, he's good. He's good. I, I like the routine. He was doing this routine about how to, how to be in an, in an audience, you know. And it was, it was cute. It was witty. It was, it was. So he said, all right. I, I said, well, bring him in. So he brings him in the office. And Joe and, and me, we meet Jay. Now, it's 1990. Now, that's probably, that's 1973. Now, 20 years later, Jay's the host of The Tonight Show, and he's headlining Caesar's Palace. And my mother, God rest her soul, and her two sisters, God rest their souls, my aunts, were in Vegas visiting me. I was living in Vegas, producing shows. And I had Neil Sedaka, I think with Rudy, and at the Sands. And my mother, I put her in to see Jay's show at, at Caesar's Palace. So after the show about 15 minutes or 10 minutes or so before it ended, I was backstage and uh, I see the stage manager. And he knew, knew me because in 1980, I had done a Showtime special, Tom Jones at Caesar's Palace for Showtime. And it, it, the stage manager, he had a great name, Chaz Del Versio. And uh, he said, what are you doing here, Jay? I said, oh, I'm going to, I know Jay, I'm going to say hello and bring my mother back to say hello. Oh, no, he's leaving right away. He's going, he's meeting with his writers for the Tonight Show. He's not going to meet anybody. He told me no, nobody. I said, oh, okay. So I'll just say hello. So when he gets off stage, I said, hey, Jay, we do the shtick. Hey, Jay, hey, Jay, hey, Jay. How you doing, Jay? All right, Jay. You know, the Jay, Jay. He says, what are you doing here? I said, well, my mother and her two sisters, my aunts, were going to, you know, say hello, but you're leaving. So I understand. No, no, bring him back. Bring him back. Bring him back. So now we're in the, the dressing room, you know, Frank's dressing room, and it's, and it's Jay and Mavis, his wife, my two aunts, my mother and me. That's it. And out of nowhere, Jay says, hey, you never guess who called me. Who? Bobby Vincent. Really? Why? He said he found my, my, my onstage uh, 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 videos in my, my very first appearance. I'm going to show it on The Tonight Show. I said, oh, great. Wow. So then I think, and I said, because I, I had been on it twice, and I was the guy that got Jay on the show. And I, so I think to myself, and I, and I, and I say, kind of out loud, and I say, oh, I wonder if he's found my shows. And Jay goes, I don't think he's interested in your shows, Jay. And I thought, what? <laughs> and oh, I thought to myself, no, that's, a, that's always, him. That's a comic that's thing. That's Jay Little. That. That's him. That's a, that's a comic thing, you know. 
So I, you know, because he still, every time I would see Jay, he used to say to me, you know, I don't, uh, I, I don't cash my Tonight Show checks. I just deposit them. I live off what I make as a comedian. But uh, Jay, he's okay. He did me a favor. When he was getting 150000 a show, he did a show for me for seventy five. They did me a favor, sort of, kind of. But when I, when I tried to get my friend Frankie Valley on the show, when Frankie had Jersey Boys doing great, and he was headlining at, at, the, at the Kodak Theater selling out 3,000 tickets, I couldn't get him on the Tonight Show. Jay wouldn't help, and the producer wouldn't put him on. Go figure. They had on well, that's, the cast. Yeah, I've heard more, more the, stories like that about Jay. Yeah, absolutely. They've had they had the cast. Well, he had, he had this uh, assistant Helga Helga Pollock, and for years, twenty years, and she would say to me, "Jay doesn't get involved in the booking." <laughs> that's all right. God, God bless him. I'm happy for him. You know, he's uh, he well. You know, look, you know, I, I don't know. I you know, I've met him. And I know a lot of guys that know him, and I just say that he took the the the, the Tonight Show from a pinnacle and took it to a, to the dumps. I mean, that was that was what how many years he had that? It was a wasteland compared to what Johnny had done with it. Yeah, of course. Well, you know, with you know, I I, I don't say this um, in a mean way, but you know, you know, I was a comic, and when you're a comic, you know, you. I kind of look at comics. You, there were some comics who were funny, just funny people, and then there were some comics who act funny. Like, like for instance, uh, God rest his soul, uh, uh, Roger, um, I mean Robin, Robin Williams. He, he, you couldn't find a more unfunny guy off the stage, quiet, shy, you know, introspect, hardly said a word, you know, about on stage. I remember... When 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 Bud Friedman, I used to go to the Improv in New York, and then when Bud Friedman opened in L.A., I was in the management business. I was I was doing the Pointer Sisters and, and that. Well, what's the difference? Anyway, I was in the management business, and I wasn't doing any comedian. I wasn't handling any comedians. So one day, I decided, all right, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna handle a comic. So I called Bud, and I said, hey, I'm thinking about handling a comic. Anybody who suggests. And he said that there was a kid from San Francisco that comes on Friday nights, 1 o'clock in the morning. I'll introduce you to him. What's his name? Robin Williams. Okay. So I come down. I didn't know, you know, this was way, this, this is before Book and Mindy's, before anything. And I come down and I look at him, and he's doing his act, and he's throwing these lines left and right and sideways. And I'm saying to myself, wow, he's doing all this old shtick, but he's kind of switching it. You know, it reminded me of me a little bit because, you know, I watched every comic there was, you know, on every show, on Mike Douglas, on David Frost, on Ed Sullivan, on, on the Joey Bishop show, on the Johnny Carson show, on on, on whatever I could see, you know, Craft Music Hall, uh, any of those shows. I saw every comic, and I would go to Blint Strips. I would go to, I would go to Steuben's. I would go to uh, uh, the Monticello. You know, I saw them all. And so I'm looking at this guy, Robin, and I'm saying, wow, he's doing all this. Oh, and people, they don't realize that it's all this old shtick that he must have picked up, you know. And then afterwards, Bud introduces me to him, and he can hardly look me in the face. I mean, he was just so quiet. This, And Jay Leno is that kind of guy. Jay is not an intrinsically funny person. If you're sitting around with Jay Leno, he's not going to make you laugh. But if he's, you're sitting in an audience, 
around a lot of people, and he comes out, he does his routines, then, you, you know, there's a strong likelihood you're going to laugh. He he had a, one of his quotes I do like is he says a comic is a guy who's going to spend the rest of his career trying to be as funny as funny as he was the second before he got on stage, and that's true. I mean, if you're funny around your friends, you want to do that on stage, and it's two total, totally different things. But, he, but, 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 but you're but right. That's, that's, but he wasn't funny around. His friends. Right, he exactly. Well, that's Jay true. Jay Leno exactly. was never one of those guys that you're going to say, "Oh, Jay is so funny." Well, oh, and so- the same with. Um, and the same with Steve Martin. Yes, yeah, Steve was also another introverted kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah, and Johnny but, Carson. Well, Johnny was, uh, you know, <laughs> I only met him twice. You know, Roy Silver knew him very well, and he worked with me. And uh, he introduced me to Johnny. We went to his house once, you know, and then later, my girlfriend, God rest her soul, I almost, uh, she wanted to marry me, but I, I, after three marriages, I was gun-shy. <laughs> was... Uh, was Carol Wayne. She, I, I did a I did a comedy pilot with Don Rickles in 1981. And I had known Carol because she was married to Bert Sugarman and I was working with Wolfman Jack and we would do Midnight Special and I would see Carol there. But, you know, the hello, you know, the hello, that was it. But then uh, I hired her for the comedy, spe- you know, a pilot I did with Rickles. And um, um, we started dating. We dated up until her death, up until she died. Well, we were still going, you know, we weren't going steady, but we, we went, we were together a lot. Nice girl, but very funny. Well, now she, now she made me laugh. She made me laugh. My interesting. Son well, which is, uh, Williams went to Juilliard and he stole all of, who was the, uh, DJ, um, the big DJ at the time. And he, he used to wear the cowboy hat. And uh, oh, oh, uh, Don Imus. Don Imus. He did all Don Imus' stuff. He, so when he yeah. went to school and thing, he was doing all of the minister, all of that stuff. It was all Don Imus. Yeah, Imus. Yeah, you know. Imus so he stuff. took all of Imus's characters and did them, you know, his way. He's changed, boy. He he really went from a disc jockey to a a political commentator. Yeah, you know, just, yeah. Well, well a lot of them do that. I still exactly. represent his. I represent now the estate of Wolfman Jack, and I have his radio wow. show on every day. He's been dead. July 1st, he'll be dead 21 years, but I have his radio show on every single day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, somewhere in the world. Wow. There's one station, there's one station up here in Sonoma County, California. They play him seven nights a week, seven to midnight. They call the station The Wolf. It's a, uh, a KW. You can actually get it online. KWV as in Victory F, as in Frank. KWVF, and he's on seven to midnight. So that'd be uh, like ten o'clock your time. What a uh, so what a legend. What a what a legacy that is. That you're, you're dead and you're still well, live. <laughs> yeah, I, I spent two and a half years with him. I used to handle his uh, seventy-seven, eight, and nine. I handled his uh, uh, personal appearances, his television, and his motion pictures. I didn't have, I had nothing to do with the radio. And then when he passed away in 95, Dick Clark was still alive. And he tried to buy all of Wolfman's uh, name, voice, and likeness, the tapes and everything from his widow. But she, she, so they talked for like two, three years, and they couldn't come to a, a – she, she couldn't give it up. 
And then she yeah. contacted me about 1999 and asked if I could help. And uh, so I, I've been doing the radio. You know, I, I put the radio with the distributor, and then that didn't work out, and it kind of fell back into my lap. And now I'm redoing the radio. So I, we, he, he's been on and off about, I don't know, about 22, 23 countries. I have him on wow. in Japan and Australia and New Zealand and England. He's on in the California on sports. He's on in San Diego. He's on in Riverside. He's on Sonoma. He's on in Merced. And he's been dead 20 years, but he's, great. he's such a great personality. And I'm trying to sell him. Oh, God. Movie. He was uh, great in American Graffiti. He was fabulous. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's that, that movie happened because he was on XERB, which went all up the coast, uh, uh, you know, from Baja, Mexico, all the way up to Oregon. And uh, um, uh, and Steven Spielberg, no, excuse me, George Lucas, he grew up in Merced County, California, and he grew up, you know, in that area that American Graffiti takes place in. And right, he grew right. up with the Wolfman. So in 1973, Wolfman gets a call. His manager gets a call. Hey, we, there's a movie. And he, he looks and he sees his name throughout the whole movie. Wolfman this, Wolfman that. And then that scene at the end with Dreyfus. And yep. it, it really took up. He had been on Midnight Special a year. He went on Midnight Special in 72. Wow. And from six, and he created, Wolfman Jack got created in 63, and from 63 to 72, nobody knew what he looked like. Wow. Wow. Did we lose you? No. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, uh, we're on the track. we got to oh. get back to the Sugar Shack. You know, yeah. Well, well hey, you know, Jay, um, hey, hey, Jay, let me say this too. Speaking of Frankie Valley, Tom, uh, Tom uh, went to see him at the Wilbur Theater and asked him for an interview with Rudy Garino. And what do you think he says? In a minute, Tom, Tom. Oh, of course. Yeah, it Listen, was fantastic. He called me about, I don't know, a few months ago. Well, I, I mean, we talked before that. I mean, since then. But one time he called me and he said, somebody wants to say hello to you. I go, hello. He goes, Jay Avi. I went, I knew immediately who it was. I went, Henry. It was Henry Vara. Wow. Yeah. Frankie yeah. and Henry are very good friends. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, That's what he told us. He granted us the interview like, you know, he didn't even hesitate. And so he's going to be in the documentary. You know, the documentary's got to, we got about five hours of content right now. Yeah, who do you have on it? Oh, we got... Well, Frankie Valley, we got George Clinton, we got, uh, 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 yeah, we got uh, Eddie Levert, we got uh, oh, Walter Williams. I used to we come got, uh, Eddie Levert, Eddie Levert, I'd come in there and he'd go, hey, Jay, you got any reefer? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love, the, I, love, I love those guys. Eddie Levert, man. The old yeah, Jay, we got Jay Henry was, from, the, um, from the Spinners, we got Duke <laughs> from... Um, Four Tops, we got uh, Cuba Gooding Sr., we got, uh, uh, like I said, Tavares, we got the Five Brothers. Oh, so which Tavares? Which, who'd you get, Butch? We got everybody. We got the five of them sitting down Rudy, in their you remember, costumes. Do you, remember this? do you remember this, Rudy? One time, Tavares, I think, were playing the shack, and they went out, they left through the office, and about 30 seconds later, I left, and they're up in the top of the alley in a fight with some guys. You remember that, Rudy? 
Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were, they were, the next thing they you were know, I'm up here throwing punches. They were tough yeah. kids. That was Brian Pinella. How about that name from the past? Yeah, Brian Pinella. Uh, who was he, the manager? Yeah. Well, Brian Pinella, if you remember, he worked for Capitol Records. And when Peggy Lee got booked, who was a Capitol artist, and when she got booked at, at Monticello, um, you know, Brian was up there to cover it. And the next thing you know, he became her lover, and she and off they went. My God. Yeah, and then, well, he, then he went to the management business. He had, he had Tavares, and he had uh, Diane Carroll for a while. He's good friends with wow. Ben Bernstein, the guy I talked with. So who else do you have on the show? Hey, oh, we got, yeah, we had, um, we got Harold Melvin. I mean, well, not Harold, oh. but we got uh, one of the one of the guys from there. We had, uh, we got um, uh, the Blue Notes. We got, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of, yeah, we got, we got. Well, Martha Reeves played there. She's still around. You can get a hold of her. Oh God, we got. Well, we're ready to get the uh, cool in the gang. We got peaches and herb coming up. We got. Uh, oh, cool um, in the gang. That reminds me. That reminds me. When I was doing Tom Jones special for Showtime at Caesars, um, one of the songs, you know, in in television, you have to. With, uh, if the show's going to air multiple, you know, if it's taped, not live, and it's taped, then you have to get what is known as a synchronization license from the music publisher which is syncing the music to the picture. So uh, the average license at that time in 1980 was about 500 bucks. So, you know, Tom, you know, Tom saying, I don't know, 20 songs, whatever. So I had to get, you know, for every song. So he sang ladies night, which is pulling the game. So my, the, the woman that I hired to clear the music calls me and says, Jay, we're having some trouble with ladies night. I said, what do you mean? So they want fifteen thousand dollars for a clearance. I went, what? I mean, I'm paying five hundred bucks for all the other songs, but fifteen. I said, Who, whose song is it? He said, you know, he says, Cool in the Gang. It's cool. I said, Cool in the Gang. Oh shit. Oh wait a minute. I got an idea. I call Rudy. I said, Rudy, I'm producing Tom Jones. You know, blah blah blah. Cool in the Gang. The music. Blah blah blah. You gotta help me. Call the guy. Will you please? Rudy calls him. And, and he, they knocked it down to 2500 Still wow. five times more than anybody else. But I say, you know, thanks to Rudy. He probably, he doesn't wow. even remember that, I'm sure. Yeah. You know, when I booked him at the Sahara, Paul Loudon wanted them. He liked them. I says, all right, I can get them. So I, I got them. And 19 rooms. Paul went oh, crazy. Yeah.
you know, he couldn't understand anything. He was just a, but anyway, he's a billionaire, and I'm over here playing with myself. <laughs> well, 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 at least somebody loves you. Well, uh, uh, <laughs> well, 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 Gladys, well, Gladys lives in Vegas. Yeah. Can, yeah, can you? Uh, we're trying to get Gladys. They're not responding. We're, we're trying to get Gladys. Who are, you, who, who are you talking to? Well, we went through the uh, Susanna, Rudy's daughter, went through uh, her manager, and he's just kind of laid low. But we're uh, that's an important one to us because she's got such a great message, and of course she's still huge. Um, but you know, her message is has got to get back to the love. We got to get back to the real music. Well, let me see. Her, her husband is involved with her. Forget his name. Right. Um, let me see if I have a phone number. Did she get divorced? I don't think so. I think they're still together. I think. Maybe not. I don't know. Uh, uh, I'll ask Ben. Um, you know, Ben Bernstein. Um, do you, do you know Bernstein? Rob L- yeah, you know Ben's Ben's what's, the agent, what's the name of the agency Ben's with? I forgot. No, he well, Ben was originally with William Morris. Then he went to Regency Artists. Then yeah, it became Regency. Triad Artists. Then Triad became got bought by William Morris. And then William Morris got bought by Endeavor, so it became WME. And then about six years ago, Ben got the the, the can. The, you know, they, in the in the in the merger, he got fired. Unfortunately, that's not, not that's not Bernie that's not Bernie Bernstein, right? No, Bernie's dead. Oh, yeah, Bernie's dead. Ben, right. ben Bernstein is a is a guy I know very, since 1975. He's an agent. He's from Chicago originally, and when he was in Regency Artists, he was on the eighth floor of the building where I'm office. I've been there since '75, and I was on the eighth floor at the time. And uh, I used to go in their offices, and you know we we socialized. And uh, Ben signed Whitney Houston when she was an unknown before the first album, and uh, and that's why I always thought it was bad that they fired him right before she went on her last tour. Even though there was the reviews weren't that great, they still made a lot of money with her. But anyway, Ben uh, uh, deals with, uh, with. There was a time when I was doing nonsense. At the uh, uh, boy, that nonsense. The, uh, did you see what happened, Rudy, at the uh, Treasure Island? The place that I was oh. doing nonsense went out of business. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. What happened? It was a disaster. I, I never saw anything like it. I, I I closed it in a week. I I could see I was in the middle of a swindle. So I thought, okay, I got to take the. You know, I said to Arthur. You know, I said, look, we got to take the loss. You know, we're just going to throw money away. I'm telling you, it's it a disaster and so we shut it down and then about two months later the guy that owned the restaurant shut it down it's all it's gone it's totally gone now they 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 uh demolished it because i could see that we were being it was it was it was not good it was not good but when i was doing nonsense at the hilton that then you know became the lvh but i started with the hilton in the 400 seater um they the eight o'clock show opened up and uh, I, I was looking for an act to put in the 400-seater, and I tried to get Gladys with Ben. Ben and I were doing it. And I tried to get – we ended up getting uh, Rich Little. But we didn't, you know, the, boy, what – she dropped off. When you and I used to do Rich Little, remember, uh, Rudy? 
He would do two yeah. shows a night, average about two fifty, three hundred a show. He's averaging yeah. now. He, he averages now. Uh, I don't know. Not not well under a hundred tickets a show, but he's happy. You know, he's at the Laugh Factory at the Trop, and he didn't. And he did well, the he same thing at the. Uh, at he the, can break even and continue building his uh, audience. Uh, uh, he keeps them busy. Yeah, he's about breaking even. That's about what he's doing with what he's paying for the overhead and everybody. He's he's uh, about breaking even, but uh, he's still uh, uh, you know he's still good at what he does. The show he's doing now is good. He's he's showing a lot of clips from all the TV shows that he did, and it's kind of autobiographical. It's interesting. Shoot, if you want, anybody wants to go, you know I can hook you. You know I, I put him in there so I can get your comps if anybody wants to go see him. Be my pleasure. I can do it the same day too. So you know, he's there uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday. He's off on Friday and Monday. Another one of my. He didn't want to work five, uh, six nights. He wanted to work five, but he didn't want to work five in a row. So I came up with this Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday off Friday, work Saturday, Sunday off Monday. He likes it. So anyway, but back to the, the documentary. So uh, so. What, what, what are you going to have? Uh, someone do a you know a, a voiceover or somebody be well, the host? Well, just so of we it? we we already contacted uh, Skippy White, and he's willing to Who? do the voiceover. Who? Remember Skippy White, the Skippy White's records. Skippy Maybe you White. don't. Maybe you left Boston before I that. Slappy White. I remember Slappy White. No, no, no. That's Skippy. that was a comic. But no, Skippy White. No, you're not. Is it? No, you need you need some kind of uh, a hook, a bigger hook than that. I would think. You know, well, he's kind of, looking. Um, George said that Sinbad said he was interested. Why don't you get? Well, is it, is it on camera or just voiceover? Just voiceover. Why don't you try for Stevie? He's played there four times. Nobody asked Who's, him to do these kind of. He, he loves to help people. You know, we can, we're having trouble getting him to do an interview. Well, who are you calling? Well, that's it. We, you know, we've got all these crazy numbers, but they, he doesn't pick up. Uh, Rudy's trying them, but the the phone works, but it, nobody picks it up. So we need help. Well, my my son. Let me. I, I'll ask my son. During his uh, uh, part time, when he was doing some part time work, now he's full time musician. But when he was doing some part time work for some. Um, temp agencies, he did a temp gig over at Stevie Wonder's uh, publishing over his office. So he has the office number. He gave it to me once for something, but okay. uh, I'll ask for it again. I think it's... Okay. Um, what time is All it? right, well, let's do that. I'm going to call you. We only have a minute left here, and they're going to shut us off. They're going to close the show. So, Jay, we can't thank you enough, man. This was just brilliant uh, information and stories. Um, I'm yeah. going to text you as soon as the, we're, we're done here, and I'll uh, you can give me um, you know Freddie's number, and then I'm going to okay. I'll stay in touch with you because I want to talk to you about a couple of things. I know that uh, you know Billy and I want to talk to you about how we go ahead with the play. Yeah, it's you know Tom. Uh, 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 if anybody knows about uh, the sugar ship, it's Jay Harvey. Absolutely. Well, I, I, I was I, I was there quite a bit. That's true. Yeah. 
Just me and her, yes, we're gonna go back to the 